get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. It's great to have you with us on 101 ESPN and great to the, go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and be joined by the Cardinal pitching coach, Mad Dog. Mike Maddox is with us on 101 ESPN. Uh, Mike, great to have you with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing uh, good. It's bright and early, and uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I hope, uh, Randy, Michelle, you guys are doing well. Everything's going well, and uh, it's bright and early. Where are you hunkered down during the uh, the pandemic? Are you still in Florida? Uh, I'm at home in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Uh, hey, let's talk about the possibility of getting things going. We, we were just talking about your pitching staff, and you pitched in 95 when you had to have that short spring training. Uh, Obviously, it would seem the approach has to be different if you have a three-week spring training rather than a six-week spring training. Well, it's definitely different. But, you know, the difference, um, I think, between this year and in 95 is 95, we didn't have a, a projected date. Um, it was a whole different whole different um, set of circumstances. Um, I think now we a little more aware of uh, having those dates and having a designated spring training where – in 95, it was like, well, we're going to open up on opening day, and we just tried to cram it on in there. But I think we did end up having to push it back a couple of weeks and lost a couple games, but we don't want to go through that again, and um, I think we're doing it the right way this time. Mike, obviously your players have been quarantined. Not a lot of opportunities for anybody to work out a lot. Uh, two questions. Number one, how much communication have you had with the guys, and what level of concern do you have about them coming in in the shape that you'd like to see them in? Uh, first question, um, communication's been fabulous. I mean, since we've left, we've been in um, weekly, if not uh, by you know twice weekly, uh, communication. You know, via emails and text, and you know, guys are sending videos of their sides, and you know, we're kind of using the uh, a lot of that virtual communication to get to keep keep uh, current. We also have Zoom meetings with our groups and smaller groups and. So well, we're not skipping anything there. We're probably actually winning that part of the game. And as far as uh, the guys being in shape and ready to come, I have the utmost confidence in the guys that, you know, because well, we do hold them accountable, like well, on those our weekly meetings. Um, and that's part of it is just to let them know that, hey, this stuff still counts. And when we come back, we know it's going to be an abbreviated spring. So we have to be all the best stronger when we come in so that we um, – we're not risking any injury. And I think most of our guys are in pretty darn tip-top shape right now, and I know they're all gnawing at the bit to get it going. Mike, I want to ask you about two guys specifically. First of all, a lot of people here in St. Louis were really excited to see Carlos Martinez return to the rotation. We know when he's healthy what he can potentially give you. Can you give us an update on Carlos? How is he looking physically? How is he doing during this quarantine? Well, um, physically he's been running on the beach and – getting his work in since he's been since he went home down to Dominican um, we do see him on zoom he looks great uh, you know the color of the hair is yet to be determined it's a little <laughs> tough with the pixels but uh, he, he is uh, when he came into spring training he was so focused and he was all in on all the details of not only throwing but the PFPs the team fundamentals the uh, helping out the um, the other uh, Spanish speaking natives that uh, maybe didn't quite get it all he was a semi-coach. He was a player. He was just uh, everything you wanted in a ball player, being all in. And 
and he, he's, he's taken that. He's really kind of raised his, uh, his focus in this situation as well, where he is throwing twice a week uh, off the mound, playing catch each day, and um, w- working with a personal trainer at home, which makes him, uh, you know, helps him be accountable also. So he's in a good spot right now. Mike, the other person I wanted to ask you about that everyone here in St. Louis was so excited to see back in action was Jack Flaherty. And here with the Cardinals, we've had such a great lineage of of dominant starting pitchers that have been leaders, whether it's Chris Carpenter, Adam Wainwright. And it seems that not only from a physicality standpoint does Jack Flaherty have that, but just his DNA, he feels like he's the next guy in line for that. So can you tell Randy and I and our listeners how Jack Flaherty has ascended as a leader? Well, you know, I think Jack wants that. You know, he's... uh... He's a guy that knows that the leaders in the clubhouse are the guys who have been around. But it's kind of funny how Jack was always the leader of that next wave. Um, he, he and a lot of the younger guys, you know, let, let's look at, you know, we're talking about Jack in high esteem. And Jack is, what, 24 maybe? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a young man. But when he was coming through that with that group of guys in that age bracket, they all looked up to Jack. And here they are in A-ball, double-A, triple-A, and they all looked up to Jack. So he, he was a leader to them back then, and they all continue to uh, look up to him for leadership right now. And he's well-mentored with uh, Adam, um, Andrew Miller, Miles. I mean, all the guys are just really um, all in this thing together. But Jack is a unique individual. I think he, he, he wants it. That's uh, one thing that really sets him apart and. He assumes the responsibility of it and holds himself accountable. And we need more guys like Jack, that's for sure. He's one guy during this whole thing that we're the whole time we're apart. He's the one guy you got to call him and tell him, hey, quit throwing so much. You know, you don't need to throw four bullpens a week. You know, let's hold it too. <laughs> the Cardinal pitching coach Mike Maddox with us on 101 ESPN. And Mike, I, I want to ask about one more individual, and then we want to get into a little bit of approach as you get started. And I wanted to find out about Alex Reyes. H- how does, the, based on what you saw in spring training, how does the layoff affect Reyes, and does it affect the way that you would plan to use him? Well, Alex Reyes showed up to camp healthy, and that was the first for me um, that we've seen it in, in my time. And it was it was good that he wasn't uh, you know on the backfield with a trainer and a physical therapist and somebody just playing catch and throwing you know he wasn't rehabbing so he came in as one of the guys and it was refreshing for everybody. We saw glimpses of uh, what we've seen in the past and uh, just dominant stuff. We also saw some rust from a young man who hadn't pitched for a while. So he was kind of blending that together. And one thing to his credit is that he got better as spring training went along. Because of that, when we had to, you know, tap the brakes back in uh, March to where we are now, he has continued to throw, and he's been throwing off of uh, – we all had to makeshift, you know. Parks were closed. Complexes were closed. So uh, he was throwing off a, uh, a grass hill in his backyard, you know, just that little slope for drainage. And that was his, uh, that was his mound that he was made – that he had made up. But uh, good, for, good for Alex to find a way to get off a slope. But um, now he has uh, found a mound since they've opened up the city parks, and he feels really good, and we're looking forward to seeing him here in a couple weeks. That's great to hear. And he's one of a dozen guys that you have that I could see having the capability to start a major league game in 2020. And that leads me to my next question. Number one, would you consider a six-man staff? And number two, will you kind of build in a piggyback early on? 
I think early on we we have to know that we're not looking for anybody to go nine innings right out of the gate. That's for darn sure. I mean, that's kind of proven in itself. I would think, um, and this is something I brought up when I was talking to, uh, we talked about Jack earlier. You know, I said, uh, yeah, we have this thing and we have an 18-day, you know, and here's kind of a template and here's this and that. And I said, you know, we get out there and we can go, you know, might be able to stretch it up to like four innings when we're ready to go. And he goes, no, I can go four innings right now. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> well, okay, babe. Let's, uh, let's tap the brakes, you know. But uh, I think uh, because we're going to have our guys, you know, looking at four, maybe five innings type uh, scenario, yeah, we're going to have to uh, fortify ourselves in the bullpen. Now, call it piggyback, call it what we want, but uh, I think five starters is going to be fine, especially in a uh, a shorter season. You, we're not going to have the rigors. We've always honored the off day and went with us, um, gave the guys gave guys the extra day, whenever there was a, a day off. And I really haven't seen the proposed schedule. You know how many days and how many days off there would be, but I think uh, we get five guys in there. I think that's going to be fine. Now, if we do have the situation that we run, you know, twenty some odd games in a row where we're going to play those, you know, 29 out of 30 days. Yeah, we might slip in a, uh, a six starter in those type scenarios. But I think five is fine right now. But fortunately, we have more than five to draw up on. Absolutely. So we're in a good spot. Mike, in the absence of live sports, Randy and I have been very locked into The Last Dance, which is ESPN's docuseries about Michael Jordan. I'm not sure if you've been watching it or not, but one of the things that we have really discussed is Phil Jackson and what a great leader he was and how he really understood that every player needed individual care and he knew how to push different buttons within different people. And it seems to me that Mike Schilt has a little bit of that in him. Whenever you talk to players, they talk about how much they love playing for Schilt and how they would play for him for their entire careers if they could. And as somebody that works with him so closely day to day, what is it about Mike Schilt and the way that he manages players and manages people where they're so endeared to him in that way? Well, I think uh, one thing with Schilty is that he genuinely cares and he cares more about you than he does himself. And he's very selfless in what he does. Um, there's not enough hours in the day for him to go around and tell everybody, you know, what he thinks of them, how much he appreciates them. He does the best he can, but, He's uh, very, uh, very gracious for the people who he gets to work with. He's very gracious of the St. Louis Cardinals. He's gracious of everything, you know. He's, he uh, lives by faith, and I think that's one of the big things that make him that way, is that he's uh, very thankful for everything that he has, and he knows that every player or every coach or every person, every scout, trainer, weight guy, everybody in the organization is part of what makes him – the leader that he is and um, he gives everybody the time of day he gives everybody what they need and like I said there's just not enough time in a day for him to tell everybody thanks but uh, I would like to say a collective thank you to Mike Schilt from uh, everybody in the Cardinal Nation and all the Cardinal fans he's a good man that's the Cardinal pitching coach Mike Maddox with us on 101 ESPN hey Mike we want to touch on one other subject because uh, there have been like four or five times since this all started, since we shut down sports, that on national TV we've seen Game 6. It was on ESPN last night between the Cardinals and the Rangers. And for those that aren't aware, you were the Rangers pitching coach that year. Cardinal fans watch that with glee. If we're flipping through ESPN last night, we're stopping and watching. How do you react when you see that game on TV? Do you watch oh, it? I, I don't watch that game. I don't <laughs> watch that game. No. So. No, it's uh... – 
what a, it's one of the best games that I've ever been a part of. I mean, as not only a, a fan, you know, or a person in uniform, but that, that was an incredible game. You know, I just ended up on the, you know, the tail end of that coin. But uh, what a great game that was. And uh, the heroics that, uh, you know, coming back, that was a game that the Cardinals was, they were not supposed to win and the Rangers were not supposed to lose. And somehow it happened. So uh, if you want to talk about golf, um, <laughs> golf gods or baseball gods, it's real. Because you know, that should not have happened. But um, what, a, what a great game. And, you know, what's funny is when you hear the replays or you see the replays, but really it's, you know, listening to it on the radio, because I, I did hear it yesterday as I was driving around. And if we're going to play without fans, you know, when we come back, you're not, it's not going to be that exciting as it was like just to hear the roar of the fans and the emotion of the entire stadium. Um, what do you guys think about that? We, Michelle and I were both, as we watched the game last night independently, we were thinking about that because the, the fans made everything in a game like that. And, and you've been around long enough that you've been around the, the big crowds, the thunderous roar when something big happens. It just won't have the same feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild, you know, when you get into a big crowd scenario and it's just volume noise, um you you feel it in your you, you feel it in your chest, you know, you you're kind of rumbling out there, you know, the percussion of everybody, but you really don't hear it. You know, it's just it's just noise. It's ambient noise. It was always tough like when you would go to places that didn't draw real well and you could hear everybody in the crowd. <laughs> It's it's funny, Brad Thompson, who's on our afternoon show here, says that there was a guy in Pittsburgh that was just relentless on him. Thompson, you suck, Thompson. And that is, it's one of those things where you have uh, maybe 5,000 people in the stands and one of them is yelling and you hear every single word he says. Yeah, you you don't miss the beat with it, man. Um, They they used to blow that that trumpet type thing um, in, um, it was like a bugle or something in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And... um, and then they would say something to you in French and, you know, you didn't know what it said. But then they'd say it in English and you go, oh, really? Really? Is that right? You know, but you heard everything they said. It was amazing. Hey, Mike, it's been great to have you with us. Thanks so much. And we hope spring training starts soon. And hopefully we'll be able to do this again soon, too. Well, I appreciate it. Um, thanks for checking in and hope you all have a great day.